Hey guys, it's Vince. Uh, head on over to club.vincegabriel.com. That's a membership site where you can try it out for 60 days for a buck. In that membership site, you're going to get two months worth of marketing ideas, marketing coaching, marketing newsletters. Everything you need to get new clients to your gym is in there and you're going to get access to that for 60 days for just a buck. Head on over to club.vincegabriel.com and I'll see you inside. Peace. Hey guys, it's Vince. Uh, I'm very excited to be recording this podcast right now. It's a very interesting situation of, of where I'm recording. It is 2.43 in the morning as I record this and it is, I don't even know what day it is, um, but I'm driving to... Cherry Hill, New Jersey, we're meeting up with a friend that I played football with, and uh, we're driving to our friend's funeral, who, who passed away when my, my, my college roommate passed away uh, suddenly in his sleep, and um, so I'm going on the, I'm going to the, I'm driving up with him, and we're going to go to the funeral together, and uh, so I, I had plans to record these podcasts, and I'm not going to have time to do it, so hell, I got to do it, well before I get in the car with him to make sure that um, we get this done because um, this is about reflecting on 2021. I, I usually do this and I will record um, in my journal, you know, things that happened and lessons learned. And I, I wrote down so many lessons learned in 2021 that I wanted to share just some of them with you. So I, I have a long list of things in my journal, personal journal that I wrote. Some of them I probably won't share, but a lot of them I got here. And I try to boil down to um, giving you lessons I learned about life and business and health and stuff like that. So it's, it's somewhat balanced. So it's not all marketing and business-based, but it is... Um, I think it's. I think it'll be an interesting list uh, for you. But so, I have about fifteen. I have one page of notes here. I didn't even write down any like detailed notes on each one. I just literally like just wrote the words of the lesson learned, and maybe give some backstory as to how I learned it and that. So, uh, I, 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 I'm guessing I'm gonna be to be I'm having you be forewarned that. It is 2.45 in the morning right now, and I uh, may be long-winded because I got plenty of time. I got lots of, lots of road in front of me, and if you hear me, like, you know, slamming the brakes or something, you know, like some turkey just ran in front of the car. Anyway. Okay, so um, I'm going to start with a personal one just because it fits the, the, the where I'm going right now. So I'm going to a funeral, and... Um, I, um, I've gone to many of these this year. My, my dad passed as, as I, uh, as I talked about on an earlier podcast, um, my grandmother passed this year, Vanessa's, um, dad passed the same year. So both of our dads passed in the same year. And now my college roommate has passed. And so the, the first lesson, um, that I learned is, is, is the true definition of the meaning of life, which is 
an interesting concept and, and something that came to me in preparing for my dad's eulogy. And I was reading a book, and I, and I wasn't, re I, I read the book before this happened, but I kind of, the, the stars aligned. Um, but I was reading a book called Yes to Life by Viktor Frankl. And Viktor Frankl wrote the book, he's f famous for the book Man's Search for Meaning. And he wrote another one. Well, he didn't actually write it. He did a series of lectures in right after World War II. So like 1940, I think 1946 or something like that. Well, anyway, he, he did this series of lectures and they turned the series of lectures into this book titled Yes to Life. And it's basically all about how does one find meaning um, even in circumstances like being a prisoner in a, in a concentration camp. How does one still find meaning of life? It's, it's really hard. And my dad, who, who I talked about, you know, I struggled with that. I struggled to find meaning in his life. It's like he couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, he couldn't do anything. He didn't have a life. It was like an is like this imprisonment and it's funny uh, I was reading Dan Kennedy's biography uh, Dan Kennedy the famous no BS marketer and uh, actually his mom had the same situation as my dad um, but, but even worse than my dad where my dad could at least feed himself his mom was on a feeding tube which was absolutely awful but anyway it's like you struggle to find meaning in, in life when stuff is so bad and when I read this there's one page in the book where he talks about people can find meaning in three ways and he gives the three ways and I was just like holy cow like this is what has I've been looking for is to find some kind of a meaning in my dad's life um, and so the three are uh, the three ways to find meaning are one is by um, acting by creating, by doing things. And, and you know, nothing gets done until, like, you take action and do something. So if you want to get something done in your life, you want to write the book, you want to start the gym, you want to open the second gym, you want to marry, marry the person, whatever. Um, you got to do it. You got to just take action, all right? Um, so that was like the first thing he talked about was meaning comes from what we create, what we build, what we act on. That's number one. Number two is what we experience. Um, his, his line was um, by experiencing nature, art. Um, it's funny, I was listening to a podcast from Tim Ferriss and they they asked him like what he appreciates and he said the word beauty it's like you know stopping and staring at a sunset stopping and staring at the woods and nature and stuff like that and actually like soaking up the moment and really appreciating it where it's like you know I was like I'm going through life and I like see a nice forest and I'm just like oh, cool all right what's next and I, I think that there's a lot of meaning in seeing things simple like a piece of art or um, nature 
or even just, I mean, it, well, this one has me really thinking about experiences in life. And actually, that's one of the reasons what, you know, I'll be honest with you, like driving to Cherry Hill in, you know, at 2.45 in the morning and then getting in his car and driving six hours to Ohio is not like, I want to be home with my kids and celebrate New Year's Eve. There's a good chance I'll miss New Year's Eve with the kids. But Vanessa was like, she's like, go. She's like, you need to go. Like, you, you got to go. This is your roommate. Um, and there's other reasons why I wasn't going to go, which I'm not going to talk about. But um, but this is a life experience, right? This is getting up in the middle of the night and going out and spending time with a good friend that I haven't spent time with in years. I haven't talked to this. My buddy Yogi, actually, is a really interesting cat. He got... Um, I told you I'm going to be long-winded on this. So for those of you junkies, you're going to like this. So let me just tell you about my buddy Yogi. His name's uh, his name's Dave Yovanovitz, right? Um, and he was a freshman when I was a sophomore. So he was a year behind me. And he came in and he started as a true freshman. But the, but the thing with Yogi was... Yogi was 245 pounds when he showed up to training camp. And everyone always uh, loses weight during training camp. Like, I got, came in at 270. I was, like, at 1.250. And they came up to me and they're like, Vince Gabriel, we don't need any 250-pound tackles here. And I was just, oh, God. Um, but anyway, so Yogi comes in at 245. And he, all of a sudden, they're looking like Yogi's, like, 280 two weeks into camp and they're like yo what the hell's going on like what are you actually doing and he just he he always like he never ate a lot and all of a sudden they put all this food in front of his face because they trained to you can eat however you want I remember this one day he had like eight Salisbury steaks on his plate I was like I never seen anyway he had the biggest appetite I've ever seen he gained like 40 pounds during training camp. and the dude ended up starting as a as a true freshman you know, we're going against the Big East. This is Miami, Syracuse. And I'm like, I didn't even... I was just partying the whole time. I didn't even think about playing. But Yogi was playing. And he ended up starting all four years. And then he got drafted in the seventh round by the Jets. And, you know, had a... Had a you know, he's a journeyman. Like, you know, a couple... Played with the Browns for a little bit. Um, you know, but, you know, wasn't an all-pro by any means. But, yeah, he got to experience being in the NFL and stuff like that. And it's awesome. So that's who I'm driving with. Um, you know, we, you know, he's big time New York Jet, but to me, he's just my buddy Yogi. Um, so anyway, so I'm meeting him, but 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 it's a life experience, right? Like I'm making this drive, I'm going down, and Vanessa's like, "Go, go, you got to go." And this is something I'll remember, and this is time that I'll appreciate and cherish. And we'll talk about my buddy that passed, and we'll talk about you know the old days at Temple when you know uh, we used to wear you know cotton Russell shorts and and everything like that and you know that's that's something that like I I think maybe I would have skipped this trip um you know from New Jersey to Ohio maybe I would have skipped it before and I think that understanding meaning that these life experiences through meaning that's why like I have a whole nother take on vacations with my family now like that's very very important stuff and the moments that you create and being just present in the moment to make that experience better, um, you know, it, it, it matters. It matters. 
so that's number two. But but the third way people can find meaning is this: is that if they can't find meaning in either the first or the second way, okay? If you can't find this, is what he says. If you can't find, and I'm I pretty much know this. I'm not reading this right now. Um, if you can't find meaning in the first or second way, um, how you deal with the adversity, how you deal with the challenge that. Um, how you deal with not being able to get meaning from the first or the second way. So my dad couldn't experience much. And my dad really couldn't create anything in this situation, right? But he had this really incredible attitude about it and did the best that he could in those that situation, in that circumstance. And that like made me stop in my tracks and it's like, oh my God, this is what's bringing my dad meaning in life. My What's bringing my dad meaning in life is how he's living in this situation and how he's still able to find joy, how he's still able to smile, how he's still able to flash, you know, the thumbs up despite it being just an awful, miserable existence. And so that's my first big lesson learned in 2021 was to be able to find meaning. And now it's all it's all like man, all the little stuff, you know, kind of gets like thrown aside. It's just like, wow, you know, that's a pretty insignificant thing that I'm not going to give attention to um, at all. So I don't know. That's number one. Hopefully that was helpful. I know that was very long-winded as I went on a tangent. I'm opening up the light to look at my list and see what number two is. Um, so let me take a different course. Um, I'm going to go uh, something I I relearned. Okay, so it's number two is three, 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 three time blocks. And I believe that if you want to get stuff done and you want to be more productive, you have to work against the clock. And the best productivity tool that you own and every one of you owns it. But the best productivity tool that you own is the timer on your smartphone. Or if you're old school like me, you go out and buy a kitchen timer. Um, that, that can work too. But the number one focus tool, the number one tool that you have uh, to help improve your focus is your timer. And think about it. If you really think about it, when was the last time that you sat down at a desk, put a project in front of you, and worked on that project for 30 minutes, undistracted, didn't check your phone, didn't check your email, didn't work on any other things, and you were laser focused on that one thing? And if you're saying, yeah, I've done that a lot, then you're probably doing pretty good. But for most of us that go through life completely distracted all the time, that is the biggest thing that's killing you. And it was killing me. And to the point where this became such a thing in the mastermind, where I started talking about this so much that uh, the last T-search that we made, we do a T-shirt usually at every meeting. And the November meeting, the back of the T-shirt said 3-3. Three, three, 
And that's just a sign. And three, 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 three is a thing I learned from, I think Ben Settle, who learned it from Gene Swartz or whatever. I don't really remember where it came from, but it's basically, it doesn't matter, right? You can do three, 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 three. You can do 50 minutes. You can do 45, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It matters about sitting down and working on one thing at a time, undistracted. And when you can string together a bunch of these time blocks, man, like your productivity will go through the roof. And just think about it. Think about you writing a marketing plan for your business, like for Q1 coming up. You got to write your marketing plan. Should have been done already. But think about you sitting down. It's like you're going to block an hour and work on this marketing plan. And you're not going to do anything else except work on that one thing undistracted, you're going to do a damn good job at that. Um, And Seth Godin has two rules for success. Rule number one is show up. Rule number two is be focused. And I believe that time blocking and working against the clock um, is, is crucial to you getting more done. And so that was one of my best productivity. So a lot of us are thinking, oh, I got to start doing getting things done and follow that model. And I, I've done G- GTD. I've hired a GTD consultant. I've, I've hired, um, uh, I've gone to their seminars and it's great. I really like it and I follow it to as best of my ability, right? But it's a very complicated, intricate system, okay? And I mean, if you look at the map of the whole system, it's like, you know, it's a map. It's a real thing. Versus like, all right, you want to get more done? Just like working against the clock. And, you know, I, I think that that is where, that, that, that is what will change the game. Because you're probably not as, produ- you're, you're probably not, not productive because of the lack of the intricate big system. You're probably not productive because you're distracted. And if we could just eliminate distractions, your productivity is probably going to go through the roof. So I usually do a 3-3-3-3 time block. And um, then I'll take a break. And I, I do work at the hotel where we have all of our mastermind meetings at. There's a place called the Embassy Suites in Berkeley Heights. And it's a really cool place. And I, there's a Starbucks there. And I go get Starbucks. And I go into the lobby of the hotel and I work. And it's like, it's awesome. It's great. So I do my time block there, and then I will um, do three things, three things. And this is a great way for you to recover. Um, I will breathe, hydrate, and move. So if you want to recover from these little blocks of work, you breathe, hydrate and move so breathing what so whatever kind of breathing drill you know there's thousands of them out there could be in for four out for six um it's funny i um years ago i visited a doctor named uh she's pretty well known now but her name is lee lagos and she's like big into hrv training now and tim ferris talks about her all the time but i actually saw her as a patient once, so she was working on some things. So I was dealing with some anxiety at the time, and I saw her, and she taught me four-six breathing. And four-six breathing is basically you go breathe in for four through your nose, and then out for six out your mouth, and you do that for twenty minutes twice a day. And it's just like it is like amazing what happens. 
of how calm you get when you do the four six breathing. So anyway, so breathing, um, obviously you can't do it for twenty minutes. You're not, usually, I would take a twenty minute break. Water, right? You gotta hydrate. You gotta um, make sure you're drinking plenty of water. Hopefully, I'm preaching the choir here on this one. Um, and then um, get up and move. So you can't like. And here's the thing. The, the other thing is, as much so I've written eight books. Some of them better than others. Some of them you probably never even knew I wrote. But I've written a lot of books, and I write. I'm email every day, so I'm writing a lot. So when you write, usually you're sitting. Now I know I have the option to stand, and I can use a stand-up desk, which I have. But I'm sitting a lot. And so if I spend my life sitting, man, that's not going to be good for my body. And I feel it already. I feel like, you know, I'm starting to get that computer body. Um, so I'm starting to stand up more and, and stuff like that. But but to get up from the desk and, and walk around and move around. So as an entrepreneur, there's work to be done, right? There's work to be done where we got to sit there and think and sit there and do work and sit there and write and sit there and, you know, in meetings or whatever. But doing it undistracted is is going to change the game so block of time rest and recover follow the three steps breathe hydrate um, and move and that is number two number two Um, let's see what we got for number three Um, all right number three on my list as I turn my light on Uh, okay this is a good one so, you might not know this about me. So, number three is learning how to speed read. You might not know this about me, but I always struggled in school. I did not, I did, I did poorly on my SATs. I, um, I, I was in a, uh, it's funny, uh, Jill, uh, that works uh, for us at FBU, she is a guy that does like a lot of work at her house, and is a guy I went to high school with. And he's like, you know, he used to, he used to tell her stories about he and he and I um, were in the same classes together, and 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 these classes weren't normal classes, like they were the classes where the troubled kids, and not like trouble like bad behavior, but the kids that struggled in school would go to these classes and they call them this is what they call them they call them general math general science general social studies it's just like we were in the general classes right that's what they were called and it was me and then a bunch of the other slower kids um but i always had a tough time learning um and honestly, probably the biggest thing was I just hated school. I just wasn't interested in it. And that's a very good sign of, you know, attention deficit disorder that you're just not into what's going on. But when you find something that you're into, like when I found fitness and I started learning about fitness, I was like, there's nothing I could have studied for hours and just just gone all day. Um, and I just because I loved it so much. But that's a sign, right? Um but anyway, so I, I I was very, very... Holy shit, look at that. There's an Amazon fulfillment center that I'm driving by right now. This place is massive. I wonder why the boxes come so fast. Jesus, look at it. Anyway, sorry. Um, 
I'd say I've been ordering so much crap on, not crap, but good stuff. Like I'm ordering like a book a day on Amazon. And partly because what I'm about to tell you, I'm ordering more books because I'm reading more books because I learned how to speed read. Anyway, so I was, I was not a good reader. I struggled in school and I, I realized that, and I, and I always taught to, I always went to audible because audible was easier for me. I could understand it better. I didn't feel like I was slow. I, I could stay focused longer on audible um, but I knew I was missing something from not reading, and I never really put it together. Uh, and I'm not saying I never read, um, but I definitely listened to more books than I actually read, for sure. And I definitely spent a lot more time on podcasts, a lot more time on, um, I'm a big fan of old seminars and listening to seminars. So I, I, I do much more um, audible learning than actual sitting and reading books. And at first I thought, like, that's just as good. It's not, but, but it's not. It's not even close. And the, the amount of brain activity that you get from actually sitting down and reading words is, is second to none. It's the best brain training that you can actually do is reading. And I realized, that it's like, hey, I don't really read that much. And I probably didn't read that much because I was so freaking slow. And there was, there's many different times where these speed reading courses would come up and I would say, yes, I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to do that. And I would hear really successful people say, um, they took a speed reading course. And, you know, I remember Dan Kennedy saying he took a speed reading course and I was just like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Get to it. But it wasn't. And then all of a sudden Black Friday came recently and a, a guy by the name of Jim Quick was selling his speed reading course for like, it was like 97 bucks for a speed reading course online. And I was just like, shit, I can, that's, it's 97 bucks. I mean, just like, even if I never do the course, it's like, you know, I at least checked the box or I bought the course. <laughs> um, so I, 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 um, I buy the course and I start going through it and it's like, it's actually really good. It's actually, I highly recommend it. It does a very good job. Uh, Jim Quick, it's K. W-I-K. That is his real name, I believe. Jim Quick, a speed reading teacher. That's unbelievable. But, um, so I'm going through the course and now, of course, it, 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 it's flashbacks. It's memories of me being the slow kid in class. And they have you, they test you in the beginning of the course. They test me. And how many words per minute? And they want you to put it down into the comments. And I put it down to the comments. And I was like, I I was reading at a dog pace, 150 something words a minute. And I'm looking down at the comments. And of course, what do we do as human nature is we compare because we're assholes. Right? And so the asshole in me is looking and looking at other people. And some people are like at 200 and 300 and 400 words and here I was at 150 and 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 this is like the the whole like self-conscious thing and I was looking for was I gonna be last was I gonna be last and finally I found someone that was slower than me but it was only one person and obviously what a stupid thing to do right what a stupid thing to do that who cares right 
my only comparison should be me. The only comparison is what do I do to get from 150 to where I want to be to be able to read more and read better. Um, and uh, so I got past that pretty quickly, right? But there's always that like initial like, oh, how did I do against the others? Uh, and I did really shitty, <laughs> like I thought, right? But it wasn't like a surprise. I knew I was a slow reader. Um, but so I started going through this course and I started like, I doubled my reading speed, like literally in a, in a day, just from a couple things that they taught me to do. Here's a couple things. I'm not going to give you everything in the course, but it's a really good course. Um, the, the, the first thing is they have you use your finger. And so you take your finger and you run your finger underneath the words and that's supposed to help keep you, um, you know, keep the pace so you don't get, um, you don't like, you know, your eyes start to wander and stuff, but the finger keeps the pace and it really works. That was the first thing. But the second thing which I thought was really interesting was not reading all the way to the ends of the line. They talk about your peripheral vision and reading and basically to kind of focal, uh, to when you move your finger, to not have your finger run all the way to the end of the page and then all the way to the start of the next line, but to almost stay in the middle, like almost like a, uh, if you draw like um, a line, you know, f- uh, one inch in from each side of the margin, right? You, you don't read that part. You don't like, you just let your peripheral, peripheral vision grab that. Um, and that was really cool. And then the other one was, Instead of, um, you know, when kids, so I'm teaching my son to read right now, right? And he, uh, oh, so this is actually a really funny story. There's, um, so Joey, my son, <laughs> so, you, know, you know, it's when young kids find curse words, they, they, they find it very funny. You know, poopy words and, and curse words. And, you know, they're not allowed to say that stuff, but you know, obviously in their language, but sometimes it like slips out. Um, but anyway, he was, he was reading a word and I think the word was, uh, it it was an SH word and it wasn't, the word wasn't shit obviously, but he was sounding it out and he goes, shh, eh. And he looked at me and goes, and he goes, shh, eh, Right, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" And he like, while he's doing the reading, and so we like laugh about it. And um, I told him, like, "Joey, that's not a nice word. You shouldn't say that word." But it was just very funny how it came out. But that's how he's reading, right? He's sounding out the words. So if you read like "sh e was a big girl," like, and you read, you're reading one word at a time, right? Um, you're really even looking at all the letters, right? You're, you're, you're not even reading one word at a time. You're reading like a letter at a time and trying to piece it together. Um, and that's what causes, and that's what kids do, right? When you're learning to read. But the next step after that is you, you read one word at a time or she like cause that's how you were taught to read out loud. She was a girl, right? And basically that's what makes people slow readers is you actually read one word at a time. And what I learned in this course was to read groups of words at a time. So she was a girl, right? I don't have to read she was a girl. I can look at she was a girl at one in one shot 
and I don't have to read those words. I can just look at that. And so it, it taught me to read these chunks of words at a, and with using my eyes and not actually saying to myself the words because if you read like that, you can only read as fast as you can speak. And that was the problem with, with what I, why I was reading so slow. But the thing is, I was never taught any of this. I, was, I still read today like I was taught to read one word at a time like my son's learning how to read. And I was never like taught that next level. And I think that's like the big point of his course is to relearn to read. But I mean, I have found like some cool things too. And actually he, he gives you a lot of different drills uh, to do. And one of the drills that he, he, um, he says is really good for improving focus and reading is juggling. And so on Christmas break, I've been learning how to juggle and teaching myself to juggle. And I am... I'm at three balls, and the most I've ever gotten is eight for one. So I'm still working at it, but it's um, it's a really cool uh, phenomenon. It's it's just like there's built-in failure because you're going to fail so much um, in this situation of juggling. And I like I never really thought of myself to be able to juggle. I always it always looked like an impossible task. But when you chunk it together and you do it step by step by step like they teach you to do it, it's really not that bad. But that's one of the things. So I've started to learn how to juggle. And I'm starting to see, you know, better attention and focus while I'm reading from, you know, doing it, from doing a little juggling right before I read and stuff like that. So it's, uh, and actually it's funny, juggling, I, ju- I read in a book, I read one of the books I read this year is um, uh, a book called Going to Pieces Without Falling Apart. And uh, they talk about how juggling is like a, a, a massive reducer in anxiety. Massive reduction in anxiety. And, and it's funny because I, when I do the juggles and I can get up to eight, I, I, can't, I can't do it when Vanessa's watching me. But if I say, Vanessa, watch me, watch me. And she's watching me and I'm trying and I'm very focused really hard to try and do it right. I, I drop every ball every time. Right? And so, but there's another times where I'm not worried, worried about anything else. Where I'm just in my flow, and I I juggle, and it's just like you put, your body goes into the state of relaxation. And so, I think if, if if anxiety reduction is something you're looking to do this year, maybe take up juggling because I know that helps too. But it also helps with focus and reading, right? And so, I so I took this course and like it's I, I finished the course actually I finished I didn't even finish I think today's the last day of the course um, but that is that is um, lesson three was I mean I guess the lesson is take a speed reading course if you want to read faster but I've, I've, I've felt my brain just working better and sharper I'm thinking better just because I'm reading more and if you think about it I'm not reading more in duration I'm not reading longer I'm just reading a lot more in the time that I sit down. So before, if I sat down and read for 50 minutes, 15 minutes, I would read 15 minutes times 150 words. Now, when I sit down for read, it's 15 minutes times 400 words because that's where I'm at. I'm I'm over 400 words a minute right now um, coming from 150. So at one 15-minute bout of reading, I'm doing like almost two and a half times what I was doing before. And so that's two and a half times more brain activity. That's two and a half times. So maybe whatever it is, 
right? And maybe if so, take so maybe the lesson is not a speed reading course, but if there's something that you want to get better at, take a course. I mean, that's why the surge course exists. The six-week new client surge is why I created it because I wanted to help gym owners be better marketers. So if be if being a better marketer is something that you want to do, if you want to be able to have control over the lead flow of your business and get new clients, then take the surge course, sixweekclientsurge.com. And go there and buy that course and you can get some of the same results that I'm getting with the uh, with the speed reading. So um, hopefully this was helpful. I'm, uh, I'm 35 minutes in, so I'm going to call it and we'll say those are three right there, but um, I'm going to stop this and then I will come back with the next however many. I don't know how many we're going to do at a time, but that was, I told you I was going to be somewhat long-winded, so that was three lessons in 36 minutes, so um, I'll come back uh, with the others soon. Peace.